Hi, Stu. Hi. <laughs> oh, it was a great show today. I was magical. Glenn. It was. It was magical. It was. We talked about freedom <laughs> uh, and this amazing story of Kamala uh, Harris or Kamala Harris, which is pretty much my story of my childhood. I didn't know. I didn't of, realize it was so similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of people didn't know hers was like almost a ripoff of Martin Luther King's story. Almost. Almost. Mm-hmm. Mine, coincidentally, almost exactly her story. So Martin Luther King stole it from you. Yeah, well, could be. Could mm. be. I don't want to make any accusations like that and spread any fake news. Um, but we talked mainly today about Georgia and what is coming. Uh, we talked to the uh, the head guy of Trafalgar, which is, the I think, the most accurate in the last five-year pollster in the nation. Um, and uh, he's got good news and bad news on Virginia. I'm sorry, on Georgia. And all of that is discussed and so much more, including the new house rules. All on today's podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Uh, But I also, I, I want to tell you this amazing story that... Uh, Kamala Harris has told many times, and it is it is so good. It is just, it's worth repeating. Uh, she was uh, doing an interview with Elle magazine, and uh, she just she was she said she was in Oakland, California, and she was very very small, and she was attending a civil rights march, and she was sitting in her stroller. And she remembers it. And at one point, her parents uh, were all caught up in the protest and she fell out of the stroller. And then all of the parents and nobody even noticed that she was gone. And uh, strangely, this is the part where I say and no one questioned the parents or, you know, sent to the Department of uh, Children and Families uh, to their door. You, your baby fell out of a stroller and you just walked on anyway it's an annoying baby yeah uh so uh she he said in the magazine article by the time they noticed that little kamala was gone and doubled back she was understandably upset <sighs> kamala says my mother tells a story about how i was fussing and she's like baby what do you want what do you need which is exactly what a parent would say to a baby that was all upset. You know, it wouldn't be like, hey, I'm here. I'm sorry. We got you. You're safe. No, no, no. It's like, what do you need? What do you want? And uh, little Kamala looked at her and said, freedom. And it is so, so sweet. It's just, just wonderful. And so it just rings true, doesn't it? Oh, I mean, I, you don't have to convince me this story is true. I believe it immediately. It just sounds so, so true. Now, there, there is another story like this that has been found. Mm-hmm. Um, Martin Luther King told this story about um, how during a, you know, during a protest, a young black girl was accosted by a white policeman. And uh, Martin Luther King said the girl looked at the policeman in the eye and uh, and told him she wanted feed him. Uh, 
So it's a completely so, different story. One was freedom, and this one is freedom. Yeah, but it's clear it was stolen. It's clear Martin Luther King stole it from Kamala Harris. Right? That's what right? I was thinking. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking. Unbelievable. Yeah. How that bastard. That's why we should erase him. How that bastard would steal from Kamala, which was such a sweet story. And you know, it happens a lot of times. It happens. I, I remember I was very, very small. Uh, and uh, I was up on the grassy knoll. And it was in a stroller. Mm-hmm. And my parents were so excited to see uh, Jack Kennedy and, oh, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, and his lovely wife. that They didn't even notice that the stroller had rolled down the grassy knoll. Oh, my gosh. And hit the back of this big black convertible. And I was thrown onto the back of this car. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. And I just remember this pretty nice lady, and she was so pretty, she was dressed in pink, and she crawled out on the back of that car to grab me, and she pulled me in uh, into the car, and, and she was holding me, and... I said, you have blood all over your dress. <laughs> and she said, Dad, it's, it's, no, it's not blood. It's blood. Aww. And it was such a cute thing. <laughs> and she s- said, what do, you, what do you want? What do you need? And I said, freedom. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. What a sweet story. Yeah. It was, it, was, mm. it was really nice. Kind of like when I remember when FDR uh, was given the speech, you know, about going to war. Yeah, and yeah, sure. um, yeah and uh, my parents were up in the balcony, you know, watching it, and they didn't. They were just so excited to see FDR. They didn't notice that I had crawled over the balcony and fallen. Oh my down, gosh. Really? yeah, right onto the floor of the house, and it's a, uh, it's a lot of terrible parents in these stories. <sighs> yeah, well, mm. let's not question the parents. And so I was because I was a healthy baby. I uh, I fell down and then I just rolled right to the feet of FDR, like a and hedgehog, kind of like yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was I was there at the feet of him, and he said, you know, a date which will live. And and I pulled on his pant leg. I said, Mister, Mister, and he looks down at me. I'll never forget. He looks down at me and he's like, Oh my gosh, this cute little baby. Uh, is right at my feet and he bent down and he picked me up and he said uh, what do you want i said a band-aid because uh, i was bleeding a little bit from the fall sure because and, your parents let you fall off a balcony yeah and mm-hmm. he said you want what and i said freedom mm-hmm. and uh, he said that was so cute and that's why we went to war world war ii because he was going to say a date which will live uh, in the minds of people is a peaceful day and instead, a day of infamy, because I said freedom, and he realized that's yeah. Japan is against freedom. Yeah, that, much better speech the way yeah. uh, the way he wound up doing it. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, and I played a role in that. Thank God I, you were there. Yeah, because yeah. That, that really would have been a terrible yeah. moment in U.S. history. I remember when I was I was on the moon. Uh, my parents mm-hmm. uh, were doing something, shopping or something, and uh, my stroller started rolling out of the street, and all of a sudden. <laughs> I found myself on the moon. Oh, because that because you had those you had those balloons they had bought you attached to the to the stroller. Yeah, sure. And it just yeah, kind of lifted up like were you oh. there. No, I just okay. I've heard this. You know, I've and, heard so many people go through this. Uh, and so uh, I'm there on the moon, and uh, and uh, w- one of these these guys, I think they're coming to rescue me, but they just happen to be going to the moon at the same time. And one of them comes down, and he's like, you know, one small step, and I'm like. 
Freedom. And he, he, <laughs> he, didn't, he, didn't. he looked at me and he's like, what's a baby doing on the moon? Mm-hmm. Without and a spacesuit. Without a spacesuit. Yeah. And I, I just tugged on his spacesuit. And uh, I actually put a hole in it, which freaked him out a little bit. But mm. I was a baby. I didn't know what I was doing. Right. And uh, he says, what are you doing here in the movie? I said, I want freedom and oxygen. And he was like, oh, you want oxygen? That's adorable. That's, yeah. It was so cute. Uh, yeah, yeah. When, when little babies say oxygen. Yeah. It's just there's nothing <laughs> yeah. more adorable than yeah. that. Yeah. You, so, have you considered running for vice president? Because. I, I haven't. I haven't. Okay. Um, you know, I don't like to brag and tell these cute cute stories about me you know no i because i know because kamala I was, harris occasionally will do that she'll, i was she'll i tell was those stories. i was it was really cold one christmas eve and my parents weren't paying attention and i floated away on an iceberg and i was i was in the river the the delaware river yeah and uh all of a sudden this boat comes up and uh all these guys are in it mm-hmm. and uh and I'm trying to get back to Philadelphia, and and he's going the other way. And I said, freedom, because I was so cold. cold. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, freedom. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, this guy, you know, in the boat, just picks me up, and he's like, you are so cute. You're looking you're chilly. You're chilly. <laughs> and I said, I am. And uh, mm-hmm. it was George Washington. And they were the crossing the Delaware. Oh, my goodness. And they were going up. I don't know what they were going to do, but I said, mm-hmm. and they went and they they beat the Hessians. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow, that was you. That was me. Wow. That was That me. was the rallying cry that day. Freedom. That's interesting because, you know, Kamala had that story about freedom. <laughs> and it was very powerful. Yeah, very. And she she often tells powerful stories about her childhood, like when she said that Joe Biden was a racist in the debate. That was also another right. heartwarming right. She was story. Like, You're racist. <laughs> I want freedom from Joe Biden. <laughs> right is what she right initially was and talking when about. She said that Joe Biden was a rapist. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> a hair sniffing weepist. <laughs> right. Yeah. I remember that. That story was good, too. <laughs> oh, that was so cute. Oh, so how cute. does this happen? I mean, I, this oh. is just so pathetic. We have to have these like weird. I mean, it does. Uh, all appearances are at least that she's basically lifted the story from Martin Luther King or at least, at least part of it. Uh, and, what, just the good parts? Yeah, right. Just the, just the cute parts? Yeah, she, Martin Luther King didn't have the story of the, the parents abandoning their kid <laughs> yeah. during a rally. <laughs> right. It's a great... My parents are so drunk. <laughs> and they, they're like, oh, you have the baby? I don't have the baby. I thought you had the baby. <laughs> and so they were like, baby, because yeah. they couldn't remember my name. And then I was crying, and my parents were what do you want, kid? <laughs> what do you want? And I said, <laughs> this is going to turn out being like a St. Patrick's Day parade. Is there going to be one? It's, it's not a it's not a riot, a rally no, for some it's, heartwarming cause. It just parents no. are hammered. Yeah. I mean, what? <laughs> how do you lose this baby in the stroller? You're still pushing the stroller, but the baby falls out. Yeah, this, the, the article tries to make it uh, out to be. They didn't have a lot of safety uh, requirements on children's uh, strollers. Yeah, at the because time. parents were a little more responsible <laughs> right like okay. leave it to the leave it to the media and be like the problem was the government they didn't require any, uh, any 
And he straps for the kid. I don't know. Maybe the parents should be looking at the kid. Checking in occasionally. Mommy, daddy, I fell out. <laughs> it's not the way you're supposed to do it. It's not like a once a month check-in when you have a baby. You're supposed Especially to be in a more crowd. Involved. You're in a yeah. crowd of people. Oh, I, when you, I mean, you remember this, Glenn. When you have a baby and you're like, you're in a crowded environment. You're freaking You're out. obsessive. Yeah. Right? You're looking, you're like looking, making eye contact with this child constantly to make sure you don't screw it up because in your mind the the when the baby's first born it's just going to stop breathing in the middle of the night and you're terrified of that later on you're afraid you're going to leave it on like the top of the car <laughs> right the car seat like you're constantly obsessed about like it's just a bizarre idea that just maybe they just kind of let her you know roll down the street in the middle of a a, a, a a political rally and what a great microcosm for the way our country is operating right now like this is the way the left is right yeah you know what what's more important your baby or your politics i guess they made a choice there <laughs> <laughs> of the Trafalgar Group, Robert Cahaley. He's actually, uh, he, he was born in Georgia, raised in South Carolina, and has been doing this really campaigning since he was 10 years old going door to door. He is one of the guys that has really looked uh, good with the polls. Uh, most Accurate national presidential polls of 2020, most accurate midterm polls, 2018, 2017, only pollster to correctly call all Georgia six special election, most accurate presidential poll in 2016. Uh, he's got a good record. We wanted to hear what he is saying, I think, about Georgia. Hi, Robert. How are you doing, sir? Good, good, good. Um, just, I'm hoping that you are going to have some good news, uh, but I don't think you are, uh, for the I'm GOP. Gonna I'm going to have some good news. Okay. So, all right. So here, here's, here's what we've got. Um, we think that the turnout needs to be a million 50,000 for both Republicans to win. Now, remember the early voting was 23% off from the early voting in the fall. So at 23% of the general election, election day voting, that's only 850, uh, 850,000 roughly turnout. That's not enough. So the question is, what's that turnout going to be? We think it's going to be in the window of between 850,000 today and a million 50,000. And that gives us a split decision. Uh, with that turnout, we have... Leffler at 49.7, Warnock at 48.4, with mm. 1.9 undecided. Leffler wins. We have Ossoff at 49.4, and Purdue at 48.5. Purdue loses. Hmm. Okay. Um, now, but, but if it goes above one point, if it goes above a million fifty thousand, Purdue has a chance to win. But that is trying to get a turnout in the general election that is higher than November. And I think that's a hill too too steep to climb. 
what is the do you measure the passion at all from the Democrats oh, yeah. and and the Republicans and and tell me about that. Well, and the passion is best demonstrated by that turnout. This election is not going to if either Republican loses or both lose, they're not going to have lost because a lack of a pa- a lack of Republican passion. They're going to be lost because somebody took Republican passion and squeezed the life out of it. Uh, when this we had them both winning and widening the gap. We started with Purdue losing and Leffler winning, and then Leffler was rising and so was Purdue. Leffler was outside of the margin error, and Purdue was winning within the margin of error. And then the 23rd of December happened. And when they came out with the 600 bucks and all the money to the foreign countries, people didn't like it. Trump, of course, read the room, understood, and said we need any more. Warnock and uh, Ossoff were chimed in immediately, backing Trump on the 2000. Uh, Leffler said, well, I'll consider it. Uh, I don't think Purdue made a statement at all that night. And that's when we start. And that's when we saw the five point drop in the days that came after. Jeez. And then and then Mitch McConnell, you know, comes out and says, you know, we're not going to do this at all. And so the argument. Was, Did we lose him? Oh, man. Big tech. Mm-hmm. After it again. After it again. They did not want to hear what he had to say. That's <laughs> unbelievable. That's crazy. <laughs> and they don't even control anything yet. Or do they? That's interesting. He, so he, thinks, he seems to think that Leffler has the better chance of winning. Now, you know, one... one That's way too close for comfort. No, it's... I mean, look, he, I think he would... Tell you, you know, look, this, these are all right in the margin of error. We we don't know for sure. It's interesting, though, if you look back at the way these races developed, the race that Leffler and Warnock were in was a major one of these like 30 candidate races where Leffler and Warnock were the top two. So people really didn't do anything to criticize Warnock in that race. Leffler was running against Collins, another Republican, to try to get to the top of the of the 30 person pack yeah so no one really took any really took any shots at uh, at warnock at all it's been only since that election that people have focused on his record like you know for example you know his his ex-wife his wife at the time is is on camera saying that he was uh abusive abusive ran over her her foot intentionally uh, intentionally um you know said that she's a great actor uh, you know, there's been a lot of, not to mention all the stuff that comparison to Jeremiah Wright, you had a great special on a lot of this a few weeks ago. It's important that people know this, and maybe that's that sort of spotlight shining on Warnock for the first time is going to be determinative. So, uh, Robert is uh, back with us. We You dropped out halfway through the conversation, uh, Robert. Um, but we were, we were talking about um, that the the uh what happened with the with the uh, stimulus package really changed everything yeah i mean you know the argument the republicans have been making for six weeks is you don't want to have schumer as majority leader you don't want all the bad things democrats are going to do and then all of a sudden the democrats were going well you don't have your two grand because of uh mcconnell and that's who they plan to vote to keep in there so you're never going to get your money if they win and that was and and for for him to call the money socialism affected a lot of people. I mean, that was seven. I mean, I don't know whether you saw the tweet up, but out about seventy five percent of people in Georgia wanted 
it'll be two thousand dollars. I mean, I, I said at the time that's as popular as sweet tea barbecue and college football. Right. You don't need to be against that. Right. Um, because because when you're giving money to people who are hardworking, who you told not to work, who the government said you can't work, they don't like being treated like people who are getting welfare who don't work. They don't like it. I I I, I couldn't agree with you more. I wasn't on the air when this happened. I thought six hundred dollars was so insulting. Two thousand dollars. I felt as strongly that that was insulting I, I as a small business owner and i i'm i'm fortunate enough to be doing well but all of these people that own small businesses like me i, I thought two thousand dollars what is that gonna do two thousand dollars is nothing if you haven't worked in six months that that's that's not it's until it's insulting as well it, this is a different uh kind of situation that we're in well, and, and, and rarely, I mean, think about it. how often in the history of politics does the government write a check to the taxpayers before an election? And if that happens, you want to be on the side of the bigger check. You know, if less is more unless you're talking about stimulus. And the other problem is once people know that it could have been 2000, I mean, we're, we're talking to people on the phone who said, yeah, I got my $600. It just ticks me off, and they didn't say ticks me off that I could have had two thousand, and and so it, it it was an unforced error. Uh, if 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 we lose both of them, that's going to be why. Uh, but it was it, it just didn't need to happen. I, I think even with their initial missteps, not embracing the two thousand, it's hard to beat them up the last ten days if people got two thousand dollars in the bank. But then they're like, "What are you talking about?" Ugh. Because they, I mean, these people get the money now. I mean, I, people have been getting checks in Georgia since last Wednesday. So it, it, it just it struck the wrong chord. It, it, it reinforced this idea. I mean, Joe Biden here yesterday saying, well, if they get if, if they go back, you'll never get the two that you'll never get two thousand or anything else. It gave them a talk. It was an unforced error. It gave them a talking point they didn't need. And. I, I mean, I feel like the president did everything he could to help fix that. Mm. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay, did you say you had good news? You haven't already <laughs> passed that, have you? Well, I, win, winning, winning one is better than losing both. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, uh, I, I don't, I can't imagine. I, I mean, have you done any polling yet on... Uh, on 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 where we where where people think we're going to be in six months if if they really start doing all the things that they say they're going to do the green new deal uh you know uh, severe cutbacks with guns i mean have you have you seen anything or do you have any kind of temperature gauge from from america on this i can It's interesting you mention that because the one issue that I have seen glaringly absent in Georgia, and again, I'm here. I mean, you know, I've been, I've, I've watched, you know, the the local TV. I've I've watched all the, the listening ads, listened to different kind of radio. I have seen so little talk about guns. Uh I've heard talk about defunding police, but here's the thing: this is Georgia, guns. Go across, support for guns goes across socioeconomic 
and racial lines. Black people and white people love guns in Georgia. They do not want you taking their guns. And why in the world that was not a front and center issue? It's interesting you saw the president mention that. But, I mean, you find me an ad that, that, that was out there where so Loeffler or Purdue were hitting him <sighs> them on guns. The Republicans are just stupid. Do you have any polling numbers on that? On how stupid the Republicans are? Well, I, you know, I have a lot of problems with how these campaigns were run. Uh, and I feel, like, I feel like two pretty good candidates, I mean, not amazing candidates, but pretty good candidates, didn't, didn't get the service they deserved. Um, there's no way we shouldn't have been taught that this, this, this discussion in Georgia shouldn't have been about, uh, about guns. Cause nothing will separate, uh, especially rural Democrats, and there still are a lot in Georgia away from Democrat nominees than talking about taking away your guns. And I mean, if it were me, I'd have, I'd have had Beto all over the TV talking about taking away guns yep. and Biden saying Beto's my man. <laughs> well, it does, does Warnock play in Georgia uh, or does he, I mean, he's so Jeremiah Wright without, you know, <laughs> Barack Obama backing away from him. I mean, he is, he's a radical is he perceived Absolutely. as one? He is perceived as one, but you have in that race, uh, you know, I compare the Warnock race very much to uh, Jamie um, in uh, South Carolina, Harrison, who ran against Lindsey. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had the benefit of social desirability bias, and Jamie Harrison is 10 times the candidate Ralph Warnock is. Let me just say that to begin with. Uh, but it was still South Carolina. But it's also like, I've compared this more to Florida than anything. In the Gillum DeSantis race, there was a social desirability bias, people saying they were for Gillum who had no intention of voting for him. And yet in the Senate race, Nelson has got, there was no social desirability bias, what they said to who they were for. We've seen the same thing here. Almost no social desirability in the Ossoff, uh Purdue race and a, a little bit of social desirability in the Leffler-Warnock uh, race. Uh, there is, and so I did, you know, I did some studying on who the, who the voters are, who are telling us they're for Leffler and Ossoff. And what I find is they're rural, they're rural, um, white Democrats. They are, um, suburban moms, uh, who don't like Trump and don't love everything about Leffler, but Warnock scares them. Mm-hmm. Scares them about defunding police and you know GD America and all that kind of stuff, and also saw an appreciable difference with the Hispanic vote that Leffler does significantly better. Uh, I mean, like in the '80s in the Hispanic vote wow. versus Warnock. Wow. Yep. All right, Robert. I mean, pro-choice pro-choice pastor is a big thing, and uh, that does not play well with most of the Hispanic voters we polled. Thank you so much for um, for everything. You know, in the last uh, few years, you've been uh, one guy you can really count on and look at. And I think somebody who's using their noodle a little more uh, and trying to understand voters. Uh, the Trafalgar Group is uh, is where he's the chief pollster. Uh, his name is Robert Cahaley. You can follow follow him on his website at the uh, trafalgargroup.org. 
You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Let me go to Mel in uh, Georgia. Hello, Mel. Hi. How, thanks for taking my call. You bet. Now you're not a res, you're not a resident of Georgia, but you're in Georgia. That is correct. I have uh, spent the last uh, I don't know eight or ten days down just south of Atlanta, uh, like Peachtree City down that way, mm-hmm. and I'm actually. Um, just here to campaign, go door to door. So we've been going door to door. We've been to hundreds of doors, mostly Republican. Um, and about half said they had already voted and about half said they were planning to vote on election day and very excited about it. Did you, so, did you, I know, I did you meet any of them that said, I'm not going to vote because you just can't trust it. I'm sending a message. I did. I, I oh, only no. met two. Uh, but it was, and it was really hard not to be confrontational and go, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. But anyways, I, I mean, basically they just, they were angry and they said, we're not voting this time. And I thought, well, of all things, you know, you get what you get. So, yeah. but most people were excited. Most people, you know, strong patriots, they wanted to talk. They wanted to talk about the election, about the, the fraud that they feel has happened. And all of them deep in prayer, like we are, we are just praying for our country. So it was encouraging in some ways and in other ways, you know, it's like when you have a dream and it's a nightmare and you can't move in the dream, you want to scream, yeah. but you can't. It's kind of how most yeah. people feel wow. right now. So anyway, I just thought I'd call and, and give you that update. Thank you. Ground. Thank you, Mel. I appreciate it. We just talked to uh, the head of the Trafalgar uh, group, which is a pollster and the most accurate in the last four or five years. And uh, he just said there has to be a massive turnout for the GOP. Uh, the Democrats have a, a bigger turnout than they than they had before the November election. So they're going into Election Day with a bigger lead than they had even in the general. So the Republicans have got to show up and the country is at stake. I mean, I want to take Lisa in uh, Wyoming. Hello, Lisa. Hello. Hi. Uh, you uh, you want to. Take the questions that I just gave to Stu. Will you answer some of these? Sure. Okay. You bet. A year from now, the Democrats have the Senate, the House, and the White House. Do we have mandatory vaccinations or some sort of a uh, passport system where you you have to carry your papers around or you can't work, you can't go to shows, you can't do air travel? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Uh, have we experienced full nationwide lockdowns a year from now? Will we have a, had a nationwide lockdown? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid, yes. Okay. Are we in a depression a year from now? Uh, I'm going to say yes, because I think we're... A lot of people are already there. Mm -hmm. Have gun rights been uh, severely curtailed? Yes. Do people like me, people like you, have the freedom of speech? And is the message that we bring every day, are we able to do that as easily as we're doing it today, a year from now? 
I don't believe so. I'm going to say no, because I think the only thing that saved us was President Trump. Uh Green New Deal? Yes or no? Is it in? They're going to hit us with that. Yes, I think they're going to try their best. Do you think that we have 51 plus states? Um. I'm going to say no, not in a year. Oh. I think it'll take them a little longer to do that. Are we are we deep into the global great reset? Have we gone along yes. with all that? Yes. Uh, does the filibuster in the Senate still exist? Um, I think so, because I think they need to use it as much as anyone mm. else. I think they're going to depend on that, too. Okay. Are we in a a civil war? Where it's not just talk, it's, it's violence. The, the, the country has broken apart. I believe, and, and being raised in Wyoming, yes, I believe if they go for the guns, there's going to be a big, there yeah. is going to be a civil war. Yeah. Uh, okay. Thank you so much, Lisa. I appreciate it. That's the, the, you know, you said you want, you know, civil war. No, I, I don't mean you want the civil war, but I mean, you want me, you're trying to goad me into saying it. Well, because here's why, mm-hmm. here's why you said you answered many of these, the same as Lisa, not all yeah. of them, but yeah. many of them. Mm-hmm. If these things happen, what stops a, a disenfranchised half of America that has been called all kinds of names, uh, feel as though they are just being trampled on, mm-hmm. uh, that th- their country and their constitution is being trampled on, and it no longer is the country that they thought it was. And they're poor. They, they have nothing because they were put out of business. What stops those people from going, I got nothing to lose? Hopefully realizing they do have something to lose, which is, the, you know, the greatest republic that's ever been on the face of the earth. And we do face that if, if we go down those roads. I mean, I, I, I tend but to. But they will think that they have already lost that. Now, I know I, I tend to reserve the, the term civil war for what I think of as civil war. Right. Like the civil war. You know, yeah, I don't that, think it'll be like, like that. do I think we'll see stuff like we saw we, we saw this uh, summer. You know, uh, like in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. I, I think you will see stuff like that. Uh, I don't know that it's I don't th- I wouldn't call that civil war. I would call it civil unrest uh, in, a, in, a, in a relatively uncomfortable scale. Okay, I would go for that. Civil war or civil unrest separate the two. Yeah, I think civil unrest is especially when, the, you know, the guns are a big part of this. But again, it does matter the scale we're talking about. Right. If 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 they come in and. Let's just say Joe Manchin is like, look, I'll I'll give you a, a ban on this and some common sense stuff, but I'm not mm-hmm. going all that road. I, I have no faith in Joe Manchin to hold any lines, yeah, by the right. way. I just want to make sure we're clear on that. But if he does and he says, OK, well, we want common sense and Susan Collins goes along with it and they get their 53 votes that limit assault weapons or whatever. Like, I don't I, there will be a lot of pushback on that. There will be a lot of angst, but I don't think that we were going to go into, you know, civil war or massive civil unrest. Over if, it. if you. If you have the kind of uh, weapons ban that you had in the in the 90s, which we still have, right? I mean, isn't it? No, I mean, they, they, it came and went, yeah, but, but, it, but a lot of states have it. I right. mean, tons of states have it already, yeah. and we're not, we're not seeing civil unrest. Right, over it. 
But if you if you say there is a mandatory buyback and you can't own these guns and uh, there's no grandfather clause and uh, we have to have you on a national registry and we're going to tax your guns yeah, you every all- year. Mm-hmm. And you also uh, you were also taxing the ammunition and everything is so expensive that you can't afford them. And oh, by the way, you need this special insurance. I will tell you, I think that people will scale matters here in a big yeah, way. I mean, you go, too, you go too hard and really try to take away a constitutional right from the American people. That's not going to go well. That is not going to go well. Uh, you know, people will put up with irritants, right? If they see like, you know, I, I, I put the bump stock thing in here. I mean, I think that was an unconstitutional I ban, too. Uh, but people will and put up with it ridiculous one and a ridiculous one yeah. for a million different reasons. Yeah. But like people will put up with it. I will not be surprised at all to see Joe Biden go down those same roads, though, and and use the same types of, well, look, this is really dangerous type of reasoning and and ban stuff like that. And it's going to be hard. People are going to have to remember you know how the constitution has this country working and i I, especially with the second amendment and i mean constitutionally guaranteed rights these things cannot just be signed away and biden will try that stuff kamala harris promised it on day one let me tell you she was in office if joe biden god forbid gets covid and passes or there is there is any kind of problem with him yep. where he's deemed incompetent and she becomes the president your worst nightmare your that's worst nightmare that's interesting when you say that because when you said that i i thought immediately you're totally right which shows that i actually am pricing in some sort of moderation from biden yeah, which I, as, I don't know if that's as original. long as he is is aware and competent and and uh, somewhat in control. My problem has not been with Joe Biden, except for corruption with the China thing. It, it, it is because he's more of a typical politician. Yeah, you know I what I mean? That's that's odd that you get comfort from that. But in right. some ways you do. Well, because without without that, there is no speed bump. I mean, yeah. Look, look at his running mate. Yeah, look who is supporting. She will not care. You think of Biden in some way. He's corrupt. He's a typical politician. He is not moderate. He's very liberal. Very liberal. Very liberal. However, he is a bit of an institutionalist. Yes. You know, he does. You know, he does care the about rules. the rules. Like the, yeah. the, that's why the filibuster I hesitate on because I think the the left wants that so badly. You get rid of that for the next two years, they can put in all sorts of things that would make it impossible for Republicans to regain power. But, you know, he's a Senate institutionalist. Maybe he finds a spine there. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I I guess I am pricing that in a little bit, which is scary. Because if you're it's the same way I was just criticizing people for pricing in this this, you know, speed bump of Joe Manchin. You can't depend on Joe Biden oh, to no, hold the gosh, line no, on anything good. No, no. He's going to be a terrible, terrible yeah, president. No. Uh, let me go to Don quickly and take one more. Uh, Don, uh, will you answer these questions for us? Um, uh, how are you, Don? Do we do? Fabulous. How are you? Good. A year from now, if they take the Senate, the House, and the White House, do we have mandatory vaccinations or some sort of a passport paper thing that? Uh, is required for you to work or, you know, go to movies or use airplanes? I think to use airplanes, yes. I'm not really sure to go to movies or to, and, and maybe to go from state to state. 
Okay. They've talked about it for concerts already, too, by the yeah. way, large gatherings yeah. like that. Yeah. They're already developing oh, yeah. it. Yep. Um, yeah, have a, a year from now, will we have experienced full nationwide lockdown? No, I don't. I don't believe we will. Okay. Um, will we be in a depression a year from now? I think, like Stu said, I think the government is going to keep printing money and printing money, and so we're not going to be in a yeah. depression until it gets to the end where you can't print anymore because we yeah. know you can't. Lots of money, but nothing our money can buy. Uh, gun rights. Have yeah. they been severely curtailed in a year? You know, I think gun rights, they're going to try to severely curtail them, but I don't think the American people are going to allow it. I, I just don't. Okay. I mean, I don't care about assault-style assault weapons, mm-hmm. but every other weapon, I don't think the American people are going to stand for it. Okay. Uh, free speech and and broadcast. Are we going to be able to have our voices heard and uh, connect with you as easily as we can right now? I think we're either going to be able to do that or we're going to be in those camps where they want to retrain your brain not to talk about Trump. <laughs> so, so which is it, yes or no? I would take that as a no. I, I, I think no. Okay. No. All right. Um, uh, Green New Deal. No. No. Definitely not. Uh, 51 plus states. No, no. Hmm. But see, my opinion is this. I don't think in the grand scheme of things that we are going to have a president in the White House who does not consider the Constitution as the rule of the land. I don't think that our creator is going to allow that. Now that may sound naive, but I, that's how I really feel. Okay. Hmm. Uh, so you, you so you have even more trust in Joe Biden. Yeah. Okay. No. I have no. <laughs> you said well, yeah at the wrong time there. <laughs> Damn delays. <laughs> okay. Uh, then great reset would be no. We're not nope. doing that. Okay. Uh, filibuster exists. Yes or no. It does not exist. Filibuster. Uh, the filibuster. The filibuster is the way the the Democrats will just ram things through. They'll take away the filibuster, which is oh. the speed bump to well, stop things. Right. If everybody is a Democrat, yeah, there it'll be there. Okay. Uh, and uh, final question: Civil war, civil unrest, or fine? I think it'll be civil unrest. I think there'll be civil unrest if it's Democrat, Democrat, Democrat. Okay. Man. All right. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, Don. Woo. Na, na, na.